0: Welcome to Blitzcast an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLdraftblitz.com And now your hosts Alex Captbb and Ed Hunt
1: Welcome back to another episode of Blitzcast. This is your host and today I'm joined alongside my fantastic partner Angelo Carriero. how you doing today brother?
0: I'm doing great, man, because we've got an exciting week. we got an exciting couple months ahead of us here at BlitzCast, including finishing our draft grades, going into uh, the off season for NFL teams getting ready for summer camps. But the one thing, as much as I hate to see – it's, it's kind of like uh, as much as I hate to see or leave, I love to watch or go type thing, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like as much as I hate to see the 2022 NFL draft go – we got 2023 right here right now
1: yes sir and angelo looking at looking at your mock draft man this is this it's not a stretch to say that this could be a draft for the ages man i mean the first round talent in here is extraordinary i mean these are players that i was really excited about last year i've been thinking about this draft for a couple years now so i am super super stoked and it's, it's only a year away, right? It's, it's, it's never too early to start on this type of stuff, so we're going to get into our quote-unquote way-too-early mock draft, even though for draft guys, there's no such thing as way-too-early, but Angelo, you, you, you came out with your way-too-early mock draft on our website, nfldraftblitz.com, and I'm a fan. I'm a fan, to say the least. I'm, I'm excited to go through this, so without any further ado, you want to you go through this top ten, my friend?
0: Yeah, let's go through it. So what I did was to, to rank the teams because I know that the first thing that comes out of mock drafts is like, there's no way we're going to be here. Okay. I did not do this out of opinion. I did not do this out of randomization. I literally just took the betting totals that a friend gave me for each team. They're over under. So for the like the Texans were number one because I think their over under was like four and Atlanta's was four and a half and Seattle's was five. Okay, so I just took who had the least amount of wins in their over under and just placed them one two three four like through there. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so don't get one, mad
1: at Angelo. Get mad at Vegas. Yeah,
0: I mean you can get <laughs> mad at me, but it's not going to do anything for you. I'll just say that. So number one, I have the Houston Texans. Taking C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. At number two, Atlanta Falcons, Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky. Mm. Number three, Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback, Miami, Florida. Number four, New York Jets, Will Anderson Jr., edge out of Alabama. Number five, Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Number six, Chicago Bears, Jackson, Jackson, excuse me, Smith, Jigba. Number seven, Jacksonville Jaguars, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. Detroit Lions at eight, Bajon Robinson, running back out of Texas. Number 9, the New York Giants, Eli Ricks, cornerback Alabama, and number 10, Philadelphia Eagles from the New Orleans Saints. Miles Murphy, edge Clemson.
1: Angelo, I love it and before you Alabama fans get mad saying, we need Mr. we need Mr. Bryce Young to be the first overall pick. I couldn't agree with you more. I truly do think when it comes down to it, CJ Stroud will be the first player taken in the, in the 2023 NFL draft. I mean, regardless of if it's the Texans picking or not, it's 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 going to be C.J. Stroud. I mean, what he was able to do last year, I mean, 44 touchdowns and six interceptions, disgusting, disgusting. And he's still going to get another year under his belt. So I couldn't agree more on that first overall pick, Angelo. And I know there's going to be a few people that disagree, but just, just sit back and watch what C.J. Stroud's going to do
0: next year, folks. It's interesting. I put CJ Stroud at number one because I think that in trying to predict something that happens eleven months from now, <laughs> it's it's definitely an exercise of just trying to get people familiar with who's coming up next. I I have my questions about CJ Stroud. I'm not as sold as honestly, as great as this quarterback class could be, they're I, I I don't I don't see anybody that is Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow in this class. And of course, well nobody saw Joe Burrow eleven months before the twenty twenty NF or twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty NFL draft. So you know there's a quarterback that could likely take that leap i I mean there the questions that i have about stroud are more you know you talk about his numbers but that offense has been historically conducive to great numbers like didn't Mm -hmm. like justin fields throw like 50 touchdowns to an interception you know one year and still finish like fourth in heisman like he was um an ohio state quarterback hasn't gone in the top 10 in the Ryan Day era, and that stretches back to the Urban Meyer era, uh, he isn't a four-year starter. Uh, when he comes out, he'll only have two years of starting under his belt. And uh, for all the criticism that, <clears throat> yes, I will bring this up until probably the day that I that I pass, and then you'll have my recordings forever of it. But uh, his receiving core was loaded with NFL talent, and uh, mm-hmm. Sam Howell. Got criticized majorly for that. I wonder. I wonder why Sam Howell got criticized, but <laughs> but Mac Jones or C.J. Stroud or Tua or nobody else ever did. But you know, neither here nor there. Uh, but the things that I do like about him and why I project him, uh, he's got the frame. He's a five-star prospect out of high school. He played in the All-American Bowl. He was the Elite Eleven MVP. Like he's he's got all of the check marks in the terms of accolades. And like I said, he's got the frame and everything. It, it just seems like if I am to put safe money on a quarterback, I think could go number one. I think C.J. Stroud seems like safe money.
1: No, I, I I absolutely respect that, and it's it's funny that you bring up the, the Sam Al point because you couldn't be more right, honestly. But no, I I agree that there could be things that I, it's just an Ohio State quarterback. You know, it's it's. Yes, Justin Fields has all the potential in the world, but at the same time, we still have yet to see an Ohio State quarterback, you know, quite truly pan out. So for an Ohio State quarterback to potentially be the first overall pick, you know, it really could be surprising, but I think that, I think Stroud is, I don't know what it is, but I truly think he's a little different. I would i would honestly say he's on the same level of kind of what we're viewing Fields right now, but with Stroud, if Stroud can have another season of over 40-plus touchdowns and keep interceptions under, like, 10 or so, I, I really do think that there is a chance that he is the first overall pick. But, you know, with like you we were kind of saying early on, this draft is insane. So it, there is a possibility that the guy that I was just mentioning, Bryce Young, does become the first overall. Maybe there's an opportunity that the person you have going at number two, I know you would be a very, very happy man if a Kentucky boy got taken first overall, Angelo.
0: Well, let me get into it, because there's a lot of there are going to be people that expect the Will Levis thing to be a sense of homerism, but there, there is no such thing when it comes to my NFL my NFL draft love. I think if anything, Homerism gets skewed to what I would say would be in-depth scouting. Because I'm around. So when a player is good, I know they are good. And when they aren't, like, you won't hear me, you know, stand them. Like, that's just kind that's just kind Mm -hmm. of the place that I get to be with it. Will Levis, here's the thing. As a quarterback, he is not ready to be an NFL starter. He is a one-year starter at Kentucky. The current Rams. Offensive coordinator Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator of the University of Kentucky football team last year, where Levis was a first year starter. People may not realize this, but Will Levis started his career at Penn State. And he was a what v- was viewed at the time as a running quarterback because whenever he got to play, it was mostly on designed quarterback runs. But the thing about him. And the thing that gets overlooked is when you're talking about toolsy, I will say it right now with uh he is the toolsiest quarterback in this twenty twenty three uh draft class. He's he's he is everything that a modern scout would build out of a quarterback. He has one of the strongest arms in college football. He's his deep shots are with ease. Uh, I mean he, he can Throw. I mean, I mean, if we're talking about the sideline, we always talk about the fifteen yard uh, comeback or, or you know, the ten yard out route or like whatever you want to do to the far side of the field. He'll never, he'll never have a problem throwing that route in the NFL. He's mobile. We already said that. Three hundred and seventy six rushing yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, the thing that impressed me the most from Will Levis. Uh, as a as a someone that co- follows Kentucky here uh, for for work in the Lexington Kentucky area, the team kind of anointed Will Levis before we knew he was going to be the starter because he entered the program as the third quarterback, second quarterback, but third quarterback, and it got to the point where they were, as they were trying to discover who the starting quarterback for the season was going to be, there were just murmurs coming out that Will Levis was more handpicked by the guys. Like that's who we want to be the starter. And it couldn't have worked out better for Kentucky as, as the, the Wildcats had a, a very successful uh, season with him at the helm uh, the thing is and this is the biggest part that I have about Will Levis and why he would be up here because we've seen Todd McShay have him in the top 10 everybody knows that he's on the radar now but the thing that impressed me was at Kentucky's pro day in which he wasn't even really supposed to be a participant uh, Kentucky does not do Like junior pro day, like some play, like Alabama will or like there are some schools that will let their underclassmen try out uh, during the pro day so scouts can get them on their radar sooner. Kentucky doesn't do that; it's it's only for draft eligible players. But Will Levis got to go there. I saw him warming up, and I literally left watching other like other drills from other UK players to just watch him literally warm up, and I was like. (laughs) oh, this guy is like – I mean, I already knew it from watching that he was talented, but seeing it in person, I was like, oh, this is the nuts. And I just went over to watch him watch him warm up. And as soon as uh, – Kentucky had a quarterback a couple years ago named Terry Wilson that played at New Mexico, New Mexico or New Mexico State. He was doing quarterback drills here, and Levis got to throw a couple. And after the first two throws, I saw the scouts look back at each other and give that smile like, geez, will you look at this kid? <laughs> like, they are already like that one. Like, that that guy right there. It was just a couple of throws. But the effortless arm strength that he has to go along with the mobility, to go along with the locker room leading. Like, yeah, he had 13 tu- uh, interceptions in in 2021. And a lot of people will, will discredit him for that. But if you're looking... At a guy that's gonna make the jump tools wise, like if you're looking for like that Patrick Mahomes toolbox or someone that can make that make that jump just based off of the raw skill, uh, he's he like the a Zach Wilson like type. He's absolutely the guy in this class. And I think that if rich Scangrello, who was a part of the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff the last couple of years, he's the former Denver Broncos offensive coordinator. albeit that. That did not go very well, but still he is it. he is likely in Cohen. Like he spent time in the NFL. He's if they could get another season out of him, especially another one in an NFL offense. I don't, I don't, I I think that he could easily be the number one overall pick when it's all said and done. Like, if we're, if we're looking at, Tra- like, Trayvon Walker, like, Will, Will Levis would be, like, the Trayvon Walker and just, like, hey, this kid is just legitimately, like, outstanding in so many physical traits. Plus, like I said, locker room leader, huge TikTok star. I know that seems like, <laughs> uh, with the Juju Smith-Schuster stuff, it would seem like a bad thing, but he has a following. His teammates love him. Like, he's popular. Like, that stuff matters when it comes to being around other 22 23 24 25 year old elite human athletes you know like you've got to have someone that they believe in you know you can't be andy dalton and like went over (laughs) the locker room and will levis like he may be a little, little little redhead you know like andy dalton but like polar opposites on the personality scale no, absolutely.
1: I, I'm so glad that you mentioned his kind of personality at the end there. He has, such, he, has he has that swagger, dude, that swagger that we talk about, mm-hmm. that swagger that Joe Burrow has. That it's just an intangible. You can't teach that type of stuff. Uh, his, his infectious personality is just something that is. It really does help create a culture, and that's a huge part in it. I, I kind of mentioned it on the, I, I want to say it was two shows ago, talking about Jordan Palmer and what he's he values as a legitimate quarterback and he says it's all up in the up in the head and it's you know can you create that confidence can you get guys to rally around you and Will Levis can do that like no other and like you said he has the toolbox yeah maybe it's a little bit raw right now but he has everything in the world to be that top guy and uh, I kind of have a classification for guys like him it this is a guy that John Elway would absolutely pound the table for. 6'3", big, strong, and physical. I mean, that's 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 literally the epitome of a John Elway guy. So he, like, I don't want to put him in the same thing as the Paxton Lynch's and the Drew Locks because I really do think Levis has, has intangibles that those guys don't. I really think that, like you were kind of mentioning, that toolbox to be able to kind of do everything on the field – Yeah, he's maybe not what you would consider a running quarterback, but the dude can run the ball. I mean, absolutely can run the ball as a quarterback and has a huge arm. There was like you mentioned some interception issues, but at the same time, I thought that, you know, for playing a year, he throws with pretty dang good anticipation and does a good job at allowing receivers to make a play. And that's something that uh, younger quarterbacks that don't have nearly as much experience kind of struggle with. They kind of are putting it right on the guy's chest rather than giving them an opportunity to make a play. But Will Levis was able to lead guys, was able to fit it through a tight window. And yeah, he did have some interceptions. But I like to see a guy, you know, that's that young kind of take chances. Put himself out there. Go see what you can do. And I really think that like the Will Levis we saw this last year is not gonna be not going to be nearly the man we're seeing this next year. I'm I'm excited to see what Will Levis does this next year, and I I agree with you. If he can put it all together and bring that toolbox out, he could be the first overall pick. That that personality is it's it's infectious as heck, man. And I really think any team would be happy to have him on the roster.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when you say John Elway would love a guy like him, it's just so ironic. The guy that I c- would say is his closest comparison at the moment is the one guy that Elway passed on. And that was Josh Allen. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about him at the moment in terms of just like that, that super arm strength, the, the, the mobility, because like he can run, like he's not yeah. Lamar Jackson, but like he, he's, he's going to be a top 10 running quarterback in the league. Like exactly. When he he's gets not a- there. He's not a running quarterback, but he's a quarterback that can run. Absolutely, I would say the one thing that I personally like this interceptions. Like sometimes he get like he, he's kind of a gunslinger because his arm is like that. But I don't think maybe naturally. I, I think he's more or less just figuring his own like like how like how close to the sun can I fly is more mm-hmm. like what he is experiencing. The one thing I I want to see improvement is is in the intermediate area. Mm -hmm. He has a weird, like, trying to decide to throw with power or touch in the intermediate. Like, let's say someone's kind of running like a, like a tight end going up the seam 10, 15 yards. It's like, okay, do I, do I kind of, do I, do I, Float it, like slot receiver specifically too, like when they go out through there. Do I float mm-hmm. it? Do I put, put put mustard on it? So the ball looks just awkward because it's the in-between, and it leads to like really bad inaccuracy. I kind of wish he would just put put the mustard on it and rain that back because I think his accuracy would improve a lot. It just seemed like he would take too much off because his arm is so strong. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, – Will Levis just in the terms of like what you have physically he is going to be the elite physical quarterback out of this class and if he has a good year next year i, I can't imagine a team telling themselves no when they get to know everything else
1: no absolutely and i i would be excited for you if a kentucky boy is getting taken you know
0: top 5 potentially first overall man well, i i well, am let's let's say this all right it's not like we have okay you, who has more number 1 overall picks in program history kentucky or florida that's right. That's right. <laughs> Kentucky. Cuz we have 1 and they have 0. All right. Let's go. There we go. Perfect.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of speaking of Florida,
0: uh who do we have for Mr. number 3? It's Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, Florida quarterback. And of course, yeah, like it's another quarterback, but we're going to get to it. And it's not the one that you'd expect. And we'll talk more about him in a second. I I am I heard a lot of rumblings about Tyler Van Dyke towards the end of the year, and it's just someone – this is the guy that I would be most likely see like slip like going forward, but in the terms of where we're at, let's just roll with the end of the season because he had the first streak – of six straight games of 300 passing yards and three touchdowns throwing of a Power 5 quarterback since Joe Joe Burrow in 2019. Not bad company to be in. And uh, he's listed as a sophomore, but he's three years removed from high school due to the COVID eligibility. Um, he's really big. Like I said, 6'4", 224, isn't much of a runner. Uh, he... Ended the year with uh, 2,900 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. I think what you would expect out of here is if he continues that statistical play while being he. I would say that Tyler Van Dyke is your most. Uh, I, I, we used to call him prototype, but I would say more of like the archaic like mold of a quarterback. He's very much stand in the pocket and deliver the ball. I'll say a. He, and that's what's so fun about the top of this quarterback class is that there are like four or five different guys and they're all different in what they bring. Uh, I, I just think that uh, if, if you're trying to project Going forward, a young 6'4 quarterback with that frame, if he kind of blows the doors off of it and pushes his way into the Heisman conversation, I think NFL teams, especially one like Seattle, which seems to prefer more of that old school type mm. of method to it, I could totally see them more or less wanting the, the, the big, sturdy young quarterback.
1: I I definitely think Tyler Van Dyke is going to be somebody that – like you were saying, kind of he can either prove himself to be a top five pick or he's going to fall to like, you know, a bottom five pick in the first round. Uh, I think that, like you were mentioning, he's kind of like a, a quarterback of, I wouldn't say the past because, you know, obviously we still have guys like that. But the way the league is transitioning to these more mobile guys, he does bring you that more pocket type of uh, just pocket, sit-in-the-pocket type quarterback. And the dude can make, you know, pretty much, every nfl throw once he gets in rhythm he you know he's a very confident passer and i do believe he has nfl talent with his arm Uh, i just do think that at times like if he if he has one bad throw he'll get in a rhythm of kind of just not looking great like when he's in a rhythm he is he is on fire and you know he has all the confidence in the world to make a a throw a, a corner 45 yards down the field and put it on the money but other times you know he'll trying to make a throw off of his back foot and it's just a, a super ill-advised throw and it's just kind of sailing so he has all of the he has the NFL arm talent without a doubt it, it's kind of like uh you know we're talking about all these guys that John Elway has been with but like in a sense I wouldn't compare him to Drew Locke but how Drew Locke has that arm talent to make every throw in the league it's kind of just why are you making that throw at this time Is kind of where I stand with uh Tyler Van Dyke like I I really like what he brings from as you know a guy that can sit in the por- in the pocket and just deliver a strike but if he can't get into that rhythm it's just going to be a very very ugly showing for him. So I I think Van Dyke's really a hit or miss and if if he does kind of have a similar season and um takes a step forward, I definitely see him being one of the earlier picks. I was I'll admit though, I was surprised to see you have Tyler Van Dyke going to Seattle over Bryce Young because we know I know that um Seattle loves those physical freaks of nature, those athletes, but after having a guy like Russell Wilson for the last decade, I would maybe have expected to see you think they might go in a direction of a player that's a little more similar to what Russell Wilson was, but I honestly would like to see a different type of quarterback
0: in Seattle like we're going to be seeing this year. Well, why don't we just go ahead and jump to that because that there is the reasoning behind that. Part of the method of this too, way too early mock draft madness was to highlight something that we had identified in the 2022 NFL draft when it came to quarterbacks. because there were three guys that I think we all thought were more talented, but they ended up being four, five or three, four and six. When it came to their draft selections, that was Matt Corral, Malik Willis, and Sam Howell. And, of course, Malik Willis went ahead of Corral. But, like, you had the first two being Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter. And, by the way, just to uh, illustrate here, Houston, I had them taken to quarterback because if they're picking number one overall, I'm guessing that the Davis Mills situation didn't work out. I think Davis Mills is good. Uh, I do. I actually thought him coming into the draft in 2021, I had a uh, higher ranked than Mac Jones. So like, mm. that's where I was with Davis, uh, Atlanta. I know they picked Ritter, but you get a chance to draft Levis at that slot. I just feel like if you're drafting number two, that's what you go with uh, Seattle at three there. That's just kind of explains itself. And then Carolina, but I'll get to, and I'll get to, uh, you know, of course they did corral, but you know, Dave Tepper has been looking for his guy. And that's why I had him here. But I purposefully had Bryce Young fall. And I purposely wanted to illustrate this point. You know, he didn't fall far. He's still number five overall. But like I just said, Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter were both the first two off the board. Kenny Pickett's 6'3". Desmond Ritter's like six, four and a half. Okay, they're more prototype. Malik Willis and Sam Howell are at six, one, But Willis and Howell are both like two like 10 plus 220 like in that in that area they're thicker they're thicker guys bryce young is six feet tall but he's probably a little shorter than that i mean you could see him being more of that drew Brees height Mm -hmm. and he weighs 195 pounds and he looks it he isn't mobile like you watch him in the in the national championship game, you watch him in some of these games. He can run outside of the pocket, but there's nothing that's like oh you know it's kind of like Tua where everybody said mm-hmm. Tua could run. And it's like not not particularly. I mean they're small, like so you know they're they're not carrying as much weight to run around as. Uh, but uh, no, he's not he's not a runner. So you're looking at a guy that. It does not have prototype height. He does not have prototype weight. He is not very mobile. He has the arm talent. That's for sure. I mean, you watch the ball pop off. I've told this story before. I used to watch, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle tape last year, and I, I got woken up out of a coma because I saw a really nice throw. And I was like, wow, it took Mac this long to throw a, like an impressive ball. And I rewound it. And it was Bryce Young. Because he had come in <laughs> in relief duty. So, obviously, I think that Bryce Young is talented. But if you look at the last two quarterbacks that were taken in the top five of the draft, they were well below average size. And And there's another one that I'll mention. But Baker Mayfield... Tua to Tonga Viola in 2018 and 2020, their NFL careers not going very well. And NFL teams marked that down. Now, if you said, hey, there was a guy in 2019 you skipped, I, I agree. Kyler Murray went number one. And he is one of the smallest quarterbacks ever. But the difference between him and Russell Wilson and guys like Baker Mayfield, Tua to Tunga Viola, and, and uh, Bryce Young, can you guess what it is? So the biggest difference between a guy like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson is they are elite athletes for the position. Kyler like both of them were professional baseball players like essentially they were multi-sport but they they had elite athleticism and that's something that Baker to uh, Russ or, or Baker to uh, and Bryce Young, don't have Russ and Kyler did. So he's a get the passer arm talent is great. He was a Heisman trophy winner, 43 touchdowns, four interceptions. All this is great. And that's why I still have him at fifth overall. But when you're looking at a quarterback of his stature, I mean, here's the thing guys, everybody wants Bryce Young to be one, but it has to check out in terms of NFL, because think about it. There's a guy at Ohio state named Troy Smith years ago that was also a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback, that was also small, and that was also not a super athlete. And he went in the fifth round and was a backup for the Ravens for a while before going out of the league. Like We want these quarterbacks, especially highly recruited guys that are Heisman guys, to be the elite number one quarterbacks. But you have to check the boxes. Troy Smith didn't. Eric Crouch didn't. Jason White didn't. Matt Leinhart Leiner went tenth overall and he busted. Like I know these are older examples. Like it has become a little more bulletproof, but Tua went fifth overall and people are slandering him. Like left and right. Like it happens all the time. Baker Mayfield won a Heisman was the first pick. He doesn't have a job right now so it, it's just that these situations happen and my projection is just that if there was a quarterback based off of what we saw in the 2022 draft and where we think trends are heading it's that Bryce Young will be the dropper out of the top quarterbacks
1: you know Angela it was kind of Ed and I were talking about it last week how you always just bring a different way to think about stuff and you, you always just are bringing outside evidence it's not oh this guy yeah he's the best so he's gonna like you, you truly do bring like a different level of analysis that a lot of people you know on on these types of shows aren't doing so as always man we always appreciate those breakdowns and uh, I you know I my opinion is now I'm not gonna say I don't I don't believe in Bryce young but it, it definitely changes my opinion on how I how I view how other teams are viewing him potentially you know just because I think he could be a phenomenal prospect doesn't mean you know we— Look at the track record, man. And once again, dude, you're you just always you're always you're always trying to one up us in this uh, in the way you talk about
0: football, Angelo. It's just uh, we always appreciate it. Well, thank you, thank you. And we will get to and like I said, this is no indictment on Bryce Young. It's just what are what what do scouts mm-hmm. look for? We see what they look for, and I think last year's draft was definitely a big marker on that where the position is heading in terms of size and athleticism, but with all these quarterbacks, we finally got out of the quarterback weeds though. I got to tell you, Brendan, this may be the single strongest top of the draft that I potentially have ever seen. I mean, and I don't, I... I, I don't know if it's COVID years. I don't know if it's just <laughs> the way the recruiting classes went, but my God, is there like we, we'll, we'll get into it here in a second, but I mean, literally, legitimately there are about, 12 to 14 prospects in this draft that could be top five picks in other drafts
1: absolutely i mean and it, I think it's just due to the fact that dude football players are getting better and better every single year but I mean when's the last time that we had you know f- was it five quarterbacks in the in the first ten or in the top 10 or what four quarterbacks still the last few years i feel like having the, the quarterback talent has been very sprawled out. This one, I mean, there's a chance we get five quarterbacks in the first six picks potentially. And not even, you take the quarterbacks out of the equation, man. This is still one of the most talented, you know, top-heavy drafts I've seen in a long time. And, you know, I I know you've been doing it a few more years than I have, but that's, that's... that's quite the, we've seen some good drafts angelo we've seen some really good drafts, so us saying this is not just you know we're not just trying to hype this up we truly mean it man like we i mean if you don't mind me going into to this next pick and i I personally think it's it's my favorite pick that you had in the first in the in the mock draft the way too early mock draft and that's the sixth overall pick with the Chicago Bears angelo getting Jackson Smith and jigba i I don't think. There could have been a better pick. I mean, and like you said, there's a chance that this guy goes higher than six. I really believe it because there was two guys this last draft, uh, Mr. Chris Olave and G- Garrett Wilson, who were picks, if I'm not mistaken, 11 and 10, right? So you, uh, have, yes. you have two of those guys that are taken in the top 11, and both of them have openly said, Jackson Smith is still the best receiver at Ohio State. He was better than both of us. And a lot of people feel the same way. So, first of all, love the fit to Chicago. They absolutely, absolutely need that. And I could, at, at, Chicago at six makes a whole lot of sense to me. But Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba is, and people are seriously saying that this is, you know, one of the better wide receiver prospects we've had in a long time. And uh, I, I don't want to skip over in advance, but uh, I have to because. Pick number eight is another pick I'm absolutely infatuated with Angelo, and I know we've we've had the talks of you know running backs going top ten is a day of the past. But I I I mean when there's a guy of B. John Robinson's level sitting there at eight, Angelo, you don't pass up on that. I I I, I don't think it's a stretch to say B. John Robinson's the best running back prospect since Najee Harris. I really do think he would have been far and away the best running back of this this. Draft we just had, and he's far and away going to be the best running back of this next class. I mean, there, there's not a running back that is more—I I put air quotes around perfect because it's really hard to be a perfect prospect. But what can't be John Robinson do? what like I—that's I, a genuine question. What can't he do? The dude has power. I mean, you could classify him as a power back. You could classify him as a speed back. And one thing that I—you pair that with the vision that this man has. I mean, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I see this guy making a jump cut, I mean, five yards to the complete opposite direction in the blink of an eye. I'm like, how on earth? I mean, how on earth is anybody this gifted, let alone, you know, I I, I get, I'm lucky enough to be able to watch this guy right now. But I mean, two of those guys right there are, I, I really do think JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba could have been the number one receiver of this last class. And I think B. John Robinson would have been the number one running back of this last class. So the 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 top-end talent is endless. And I, I just want to throw it out there. B. John Robinson is my favorite, by far my favorite player coming out of this next class. And he will be a talking point for me for sure in the near future, my friend.
0: I love, I love the offensive slant on this. Uh, let's start with where, where you began with Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. I... Justin Fields can only hope this happens to get yeah. the Ohio State receiver. He, he's he's a little small. Like, I'll, I'll admit he's a little small, but that didn't stop him from the Rose Bowl putting up 15 catches, 347 yards, and three touchdowns in a 48-45 victory. Like, they needed every drop of what he gave them to, to have that game. Like I said, he looks a little small, but he has all the athleticism and production to go this high. I mean, this is what was said on – uh, this was from College Game Day. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both said that he was the best athlete of the three. While before the season, Garrett Wilson said, Jackson is as good as I've ever seen. Probably the best I've ever seen. Jackson is the most natural athlete I've ever seen. Was his direct quote. <laughs> like that's what Garrett Wilson said about Jackson Smith and So like uh, it's it's the guy, like I said, other than size, he's he's got it he's got it and if the bears like they need offensive talent so bad that this is just a match made in heaven getting the ohio state quarterback the ohio state receiver and then at eight with the lions it's like yeah they probably could have wanted one of those top quarterbacks Uh, again they have a second first round pick so there i do actually have them slotted a quarterback later on but at this point It's kind of like the old Raiders uh, situation. Even though they had Jamarcus Russell, it was kind of like, let's get our... They they had um they had Russell they had Darren McFadden they had Darius Hayward Bay and it was kind of get that trio now I know that is not glowing in terms of what they ended up being at the NFL <laughs> level but I still like the concept of like elite receiver elite running back you know let's you know Dez Elliott and Dak like I don't know let's 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 uh let's run away from the from the Raiders of the <laughs> late two thousands but Bajon Robinson like I just he's he is probably now. I, it, it'll take a lot for him to jump Najee Harris for me, but I'll say he has the most hype for a running back coming in since Saquon Barkley. He I have him as top ten because it seems like w- whenever you get a runner of a special talent like Dan Campbell's got to look at him and be like, that's that's who I need. You know, spearheading my backfield. They traded up to get Jamison Williams to help on that receiving core. So you get a potentially elite receiver prospect with a potentially elite running back prospect. And I, I even had that in my article right at the last sentence. Robinson would have been the first running back off the board in 2022, much like Najee would have been the first running back off the board in 2020. Like that's, that, so that's the level of special we're talking about with him. So when you get that, and I mean as a Packers fan, how about that? Two the two, the top wide receiver and top running back uh, would be going to NFC North team. <laughs> so we're talking about like a real talent infusion around, as well as Jameson Williams, Jeff Justin Jefferson, being in Minnesota. And good thing the Packers have an elite receiver to pair. Oh yeah, that's right. Like not <laughs> not to compete. Please, Christian Watson, work out. Now I will say though, you jumped a little ahead. Right, I know. I said you, I
1: didn't want to, but I, I we we have to come back to this man.
0: You, Mr. Wide Receiver, you wanted to see that's the thing about you that I like about you, Brendan. You you knew to what what pushes ratings at stars, it's star power, the wide receivers, the running backs. Well, we were talking about that this class, like I think without the quarterbacks, this top ten, I feel like would kind of blow away last year's top ten. That's how talented the players in this class are and of the non-quarterbacks leading the way. You've got to talk about the Jets at 4 with Will Anderson Jr. I mean, we're talking about I I, I like I, I like uh, uh I grew up watching wrestling, okay? And they labeled this guy, this 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 prospect that wrestling had as the next big thing. And it just happened to be Brock Lesnar. And we've <laughs> seen, I think we've all heard of Brock Lesnar. I have graciously asked Brock Lesnar, can I take that moniker and give it to you, Will Anderson Jr.? Can I give it to Will Anderson? (laughs) Because he is the next big thing. He won the Bronco Nagurski Trophy as the best defensive player in college football. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He was a unanimous All-American, and he is a true sophomore in 2021. He is going to be a true junior. He is two years he was he was just over a year removed from high school football when he put up one of the best seasons ever for an s e c defensive <laughs> player
1: like that 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 is that
0: nothing. is i i mean mind boggling <laughs> and I even put that in my thing mind boggling amount of tackles for loss he had thirty three and a half tackles for <laughs> loss as a sophomore <laughs> as a sophomore he had 17 and a half sacks as a true sophomore, <laughs> and that was just after a pitter-pattering 10 and, a half and 7 as a freshman. <laughs> a true freshman. Like, this guy, like, legitimately, when we talk about generational, like, this is a guy that you project as like, oh, this might not come around for another 20 years. Like, someone like Will Anderson. Like, I, I can't – I mean, I can't remember – An edge prospect, and I I mean, like, we could go back to Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Jadavian Clowney, uh, uh, Vaughn Miller, like, going back to Julius Peppers, Mario Williams, but in terms of legit, sure thing edge rushers, like, Clowney's as close as I can remember to some, and, and obviously it didn't, wasn't as for sure, but I mean, you might have to go all the way back to, gosh, like maybe Bruce Smith as the last guy that was like this for sure, like they are going to be like Hall of Fame level type. That, I mean, what else is there to say? 33 and a half tackles for loss in like 50. I'm just like, all right. Like, what, as a I mean, sophomore, what you, I mean, yeah, as a true sophomore, like, what do you want to do? 17 and a half sacks, you know, best defensive player, unanimous all American, SEC defensive I mean, like, that he is the guy. Like, that's why the next big thing, I put that moniker on him because there's <laughs> not much else that you could say than, wow.
1: No, literally. And, and on, I have a question for you. Is it a
0: stretch to say that he's the best football player in college football? No, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I think he was the best, co- probably the best football player in college football last year. I, I mean, I like, with the, if you threw in the 2021 NFL draft, I mean, like, it's... It, who else? I I don't know. No, we so, haven't I mean, had a we haven't had a college football player of his caliber plus production since Burrow.
1: And it, the thing is, you know, if defensive players got the credit they truly deserved on the Heisman level, this is a guy that realistically should have been the Heisman last year. I I don't I don't think there's there's too much of a disagreement. I mean, what more does a defensive player have to do to be in that to, to even you know have a legitimate chance to win that award because, I mean, if we're if we're talking best football player, it was Will Anderson. And you know, watching a lot of Will Anderson, you know what his he kind of reminds me of? Not as a complete overall player, but the start of a play. He's very reminiscent of Von Miller. I do not know many people that can get off the line of scrimmage that fast. I mean, there was a couple of plays where I was watching. I was like, was that not a false start? Was that not a false start? Go back, watch. No, he just... He just has two and a half steps on the lineman before he moves. It's it's just and that says more about like yeah, that's a great athlete, but that's a person that lives in the film room. That's a person that's studying the game, that's a person that wants to consistently better themselves. You you aren't consistently jumping that snap by pure luck, by being a great athlete. That means you're a student of the football game. That means that I mean, that's that's the mental aspect of the game that a lot of guys, you know, they a lot of them have one or the other. They're not flourishing in both. And Will Anderson is somebody that you know flourishes with his body, but his mind included. I I mean, Will Anderson is is going to be a a problem in the National Football League. I agree with you. This is this is the most like. Hit this is the, the the next big thing, Angelo. You you labeled it perfectly, my man. I can't. I have
0: I have no refutes with you. I think you said it perfectly. If there's the, the the he's such a special prospect that if a team like the like the Jets, if they pick number one overall in this quarterback class, the amount of value you can get from trading down out of number one is going to maybe be at a, the highest premium since the the Washington football team traded up for Robert Griffin the third in twenty twelve. Like when they got all those assets. Mm-hmm. I think Will Anderson is literally so good that a team like even then would say no thanks. Like we can't risk possibly losing like this kid. Like that's how that's how special I would say if I had to put a rankings on it, he is like minus like a thousand in terms of who like what non quarterback could go number one next year. There are a couple other guys we'll get to that I think could be in that running as well. But Will Anderson's far and away the guy right now that, that would go number one overall, despite a team, you know, being able to trade for a quarterback. I I don't, do you think it's possible that if a team like the Panthers or Seahawks that don't have a quarterback at all would, would pass on the top quarterback for Anderson? I mean, a team like Seattle, I could really
1: see doing it 110%, like knowing how much they like are trying to hit on those defensive players to have a guy that's, you know, what we consider as close to a guaranteed hit as you can get. I, I just, you can't pass on a guy like that. I mean, it, it's just so hard because, you know, you're always trying to find that franchise guy, and it's it's a lot harder to find that franchise quarterback. But if you're telling me, I have a guarantee shot at a guy that's going to be all pro in the National Football League compared to a guy that has a 20% chance of panning out to being my franchise quarterback, man. I, I think it's it's hard to pass up on Will Anderson. And I, I wouldn't say that there's very many people you'd pass on a franchise, especially in a class like this, Angelo. I mean, these quarterbacks are talented as heck, man. But a guy like Will Anderson, he's one of the few exceptions I would really ever say Yeah, I'm willing to pass on my franchise guy for the best college football player. I, I would, I really would do it. I, I don't know if that would, you know, come back to bite me in the foot, but it's just you you have a lot more of a guarantee with Will Anderson, you know. But that that's the thing about getting your franchise quarterback is it's always a gamble. It's, I, you know, I would do it, and maybe that's not why I'm not an NFL GM. But hey, man, I, I can't pass on a person of Will Anderson's level.
0: But could it be possible that a defensive player could push Anderson as the first defender off the board? And I say that if it is at number seven, Jacksonville Jaguars taking Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, like he's the one. Like that's that's my guy. Like like where oh. you you said Bajan Robinson's gonna be your guy. Like Jalen Carter, I've like I have firmly cut my corner out on Jalen Carter Island. Like he he's Of all the Georgia defensive players that I watched last year, he was the one that I thought was the best. I I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say most impressive
1: on on a which is unbelievable because Angelo, that was that was like arguably the greatest defense in the history of college football. It it was the greatest, and to be the best, I mean, for crying out loud, the number one overall pick was his his Georgia counterpart, and you and I, I think, both agree that Jalen Carter. Is better, and might I add, you know, Angelo, I just—if you're wearing number eighty-eight in the trenches, you're an absolute menace to society. You have no <laughs> regards for human life.
0: He's if on demon If you're wearing time. eighty-eight as a defensive tackle, you're gonna be a dog, man. He's—I he, mean, he's an absolute game changer. I mean, it, it, it's it, there's this play. If you want to watch one game, go watch him versus Kentucky. There's this one play. Where they throw, where Kentucky throws the screen pass out to their running back, who's also a prospect, Chris Rodriguez, and Carter is like at the middle of the where the ball was snapped, and he runs all the way to the right corner at the two yard line, right before Rodriguez scores and absolutely nails him out of bounds, and he ran. I mean, he literally ran from the middle of the field to the sideline to knock him out on top and I was just like oh if he's doing that and then you watch these plays where he just blows by guys like (laughs) as great as Anderson is I feel like that the one thing that NFL team like old school coaches is finding the defensive tackle that's special Mm -hmm. because as much as like all interior offensive linemen get cracked on like special interior defensive linemen are an NFL coach's dream. Like that's what like any any way they could get guys like that. Carter is, I, I would say he is going to settle in at being like in my in my time of doing NFL draft thinking of defensive tackles and and apologies to Aaron Donald for being too small at the time, but the greatest defensive tackle prospects I remember. I would say number two is probably, I mean it was it, it's Gerald McCoy, Quentin Williams, and then number one being Nadamak and Sue. Mm-hmm. Like those are the guys, and those guys went two, three, and three. Okay, Jalen Carter is on that level. Like I don't know, like Sue was so great, I don't ever really want to put anybody in the breath of that. But, like, Jalen Carter, he, like, from what I saw last year, we're talking about a guy that could easily be the next generational defensive tackle prospect. And that's with already having the next big thing in Will Anderson. So this defense, I'll tell you what, everybody everybody hates to hear it, but, man, that SEC does do something with football, don't they?
1: <laughs> they do. They do know what they're doing. I don't know what they're putting in that food, man, but you all got to ship me over there. <laughs> Help me <laughs> get into shape, man. Come on now. But, no, I mean, Jalen, that play you're talking about against Kentucky, is like, I th- I think that's like the epitome of who Jalen Carter is. I mean, how often do you see a defensive tackle that genuinely even wants to go run down to the sideline to make the play? You know, they're like, oh, I'm here to eat up the eat up the runs in the middle, eat up a couple of blocks and, and let my linebackers make a play. No, Jalen Carter's like, no, I'm going to eat this guy up so I can go eat that guy up and then go eat that guy up. I, I, Jalen Carter is, I'm going to make the play type mentality. And it's just... From from the defensive tackle position, the dude has got some wheels, man. The dude can move, Angelo. Yeah, he can. The dude can move. So Jalen Carter is—he's—I think he's a really unique prospect at the defensive tackle position. And normally, with a guy that's like that's a little bit faster at that position, we're like. Maybe concerned with his with his size, with his strength. No, not a single bit. I'm not, I'm not concerned with that at all. With Jalen Carter, it's very rare to see somebody of that physicality be able to move the way he does, especially from the interior defensive line. And I agree with you. I mean, if you can land that that I mean gold stamp at the interior defensive line, I mean that's incredibly long careers, incredibly long careers. I mean, guys that are able to solidify themselves as top-tier interior defensive players. I mean, those guys always have like 10-plus years, and they're in the league for a long time, and they're incredibly valued across the league. And Jalen Carter absolutely has the potential to be one of those guys. And I know it's it's crazy that we're, we're sitting here talking about how Will Anderson's the next big thing. And, I mean, Jalen Carter has all the potential in the world to be to, to be better than what Quinn and Williams was, you know? And I just, I, I think... Jalen Carter is a little, I wouldn't say he's full on the, a better prospect than those two. I'd put him in about the same, in the same reigns, but he's a little more unique. And I kind of like what he brings to the table more than the others, because I think he is a little bit better of an athlete.
0: Yeah. When it comes to the Quinn and Williams comparison, the thing I loved about Quinn and Williams is that he was flawless. Like not that he was, he had the highest like upside ceiling as a defensive tackle, but literally you would watch him and it's like, Oh, you're literally just really great at everything you do. And you don't mess up. Like I loved Quentin Williams. He was my number one prospect in that draft, like from what we saw, but yeah, Jalen Carter has that like Warren Sap type of level mm-hmm. production potential. And it's just things like that, that are, that are truly special. Like, yeah, he's, he's my, he's my guy. Like I'm all over that. Um, Let's, let's let's move on a little. Like Eli Ricks, I had him to the Giants. They need a cornerback so bad. Uh, Ricks began his career at LSU. He was a third-team All-American in 2020. He was a five-star recruit by rivals in 24-7 sports. He transferred to Alabama. He's kind of him and another guy that we'll get to in a little bit are kind of the front runners at that. But since we did the top ten, and then we can kind of just hit on some players and some ideas. Uh, but Miles Murphy from Clemson, like, don't forget about him. He's an edge prospect. I said uh, uh, in the in the article, which you find, again, at NFLDraftBlitz.com, uh, did I say Jalen Carter was the only player that could push Will Anderson for the top defensive spot? I said Miles Murphy throws his helmet into the ring, okay? So it's like, wow, could we really have that? And it's like, all right, no. Like, But Murphy was cons- a consensus top five recruit coming out of high school. Like, every service had him in the top five. And he's been one of their best players. Now, he only has – think about it. 25 and a half tackles for loss and 11 sacks in two seasons. Will Anderson bested both <laughs> of those numbers as a true sophomore. Okay. So, it's like, will he have to increase his production to rise to the top spot? I said that he will, or will he? Because Trayvon Wal- Walker had similar size. Mm. Less production in three seasons than Murphy has in two. So if if Miles Murphy is the elite athlete that Trayvon Walker was, I mean, who's to say that he doesn't jump into that top defensive player? Trayvon Walker changed the game for me. Like Once that happened, I'm like, oh, well, then anybody can be the top pick of the draft. As long as they're a freak athlete, they can be the top pick. So that's that's just where I got to after the Trayvon Walker thing broke my brain. No, absolutely. And, I mean, like, dude, 6'5",
1: 275 pounds. I I mean, I agree with you. The Trayvon Walker thing is going to, like, completely change how I decide who's going to be the number one overall pick, like you were just mentioning. I'm like, if you have, if you have somewhat production, but you're proven that you're, you know, potentially, like, elite, elite top tier, like, <clears throat> capital T athlete, then you have a legitimate chance to be the, the, the number one overall pick, even if the production's not quite there. <laughs> Miles Murphy is somebody that could challenge that, that idea back-to-back years. I mean, it, to me, it would be out of this world if, if a team decided to pick him before Will Anderson. But it's just, you know, the NFL is a very, very strange place, and we know how much they truly value just sick, legitimate athletes. It's not a stretch to say that. I mean, I, I think there's a huge chance that Murphy is the second defensive player off the board. I absolutely could see that being a potential. I still, I, where you have him at the, as the third, I believe it's the third defensive player taken
0: or fourth. I have him at fourth uh, because yeah, of Ricks yeah, New to York the Giants. Needs
1: a, yeah, due to positional needs and everything and players. I actually love this spot for him. I really do. Could he go sooner? Absolutely. But I think I think ten fits
0: pretty well. I would say that the one dark horse that I have, like if you said, okay, somebody that's not in this top ten, who I think could jump into the top five, because I said like there are a lot of guys in this class that could go top five in a lot of drafts. The, the, the first non-quarterback off the board, if there was a dark horse, again, not the favorite, not the second favorite, I would say that that guy would be Paris Johnson, the offensive lineman from Ohio State. I have him going 11 to the uh, commanders but the reason why i think that he's a dark horse isn't because of his talent but because of where he's played he played guard at ohio states for the first two seasons but as a junior he'll finally be kicking out to left tackle we're coming out of high school like i saw more offensive tackle like high school highlights out of paris johnson than i had ever seen out of a out of an offensive tackle <laughs> prospect because this guy was like the legit guy out of his recruiting class at offensive line. He was coveted by every school. Like this is this is a real dude. Uh he was billed as the prize of the recruiting cycle as a tackle. If he comes into Ohio State and is like a one season of lockdown tape to go along with his size and athleticism, I I think it's very, very easily he'll he'll jump up into the at least the top seven and i think that there is potential that if he's everything that he was billed to be that he's the dark horse for first like if a team that has like a glaring hole at left tackle is picking at three and the first two picks are quarterbacks i could see paris johnson being the pick
1: no absolutely i mean i mean even if he if he say falls a little bit sooner than that uh, or falls a little bit and, you know, is picked where you have him in this mock draft. I, I think this is a phenomenal fit, honestly. I mean, with how Washington has done a... I think they've done a pretty good job building a young offense right now. I mean, yes, they still have that hole at quarterback. We don't know how Sam Howell's going to fill that. But the defensive side of the ball is, honestly, it's it's better than a lot of people want to give credit to. But And then you, you fill out that hole with a guy that you're, you know... I, I'm not... I can't sit here and say that I, I know nearly as much about him as you, but... I mean, I I trust your uh, your opinion on the big boys in the trenches, Angelo. So, and I, I do think Washington's biggest glaring need right now is going to be that tackle of the future. So I agree that you know if if he can solidify himself as far and away the best tackle prospect in this class. I mean, we we know that blindside protectors are the you know the most valuable thing on the offensive side of the ball with the exception of a quarterback and last year we're starting to decide that receivers are more valuable than that but I really think having a guy that can anchor down that blind side is is truly as important as it gets so uh if if he can prove that he's that guy I agree with you Angelo this this is such a talented class that really any like all these guys we've mentioned right like Really, any—I think Will Anderson is is definitely the the solidified guy as to be the first non-QB selected. But really, any of these guys we've mentioned after could be the next pick. I mean, it is really a crapshoot right now. I, I I love who you have like for for team needs on this mock draft, but it's really like it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be unpredictable as all get up. I really believe it. It's just too much talent to evaluate. You know, there's there's you know, three guys that we were just saying that could potentially be that first defensive player taken. So, um, I, I, agree with you. I really think
0: anybody could be that dark horse. And another guy that fits that bill is Brian Brees out of Clemson, their defensive tackle. I have him 12 to the Steelers and he has the potential to be in the top 10, but it's a loaded class. Uh, Brees was the top recruit in the country by rivals and 24, seven sports the year he came out. He was the number one high school football recruit prospect in both of those services. He dropped in this mock because he tore his ACL, but he can reestablish himself as the an elite prospect. And of course the fit here is whatever it is who, you know, who, who knows where anything's going to be, but, but Brees just, with his pedigree, and that's really what I look at a lot in trying to determine this. Uh, but you see fewer and fewer of these top prospects. Like I, I remember back in like two thousand eight, nine, ten, around there, you would have top prospects go to Florida State, and you never hear from again. Like, like uh, I think his name was like Jacoby McDaniel or somebody like that. Like you just never hear about them again. Like not even in the draft. Like nowhere to be found. And that's how it used to be. These days it's not the case. So it's just so funny. Like, Miles Murphy was, like, a top five consensus. Brian Brees was the top prospect. Like, all these guys were just so top of the top of the line. And Will Anderson was just, like, this four-star prospect that was going to Alabama. And nobody, you know, and then there was Will Anderson. <laughs> but Brees has all the potential. Like, every everybody seems to have picked him from high school. Uh, he's he's going to be definitely a bell of the ball there at the bottom of the top ten um and especially if he slips into the to the preteens here. I uh, this
1: sorry, I want to just add something. This was a pick that I I thought this was one of your best picks overall due to team needs where they're being picked at and I I just want to say I really dis I dislike you for that because I mean, you have him going to Pittsburgh. I think that's just, you couldn't have a better landing spot for him because, um, you know, I know Cam Hayward signed an extension a year or two ago for five years, but the, the man's 32 years old, I believe. So he's he's going to be hanging up the cleats in maybe a couple years, and to to be able to get a guy of Brian Brees' level to to come in for that, I mean, like you said, like the consensus number one player coming out of high school 6'5", 300-pound defensive tackle, for crying out loud. I mean, I the dude has all the potential in the world to kind of be like another dominant interior guy that we've been talking about. But um, enough giving that pick credit. I have to say something negative about him now. So, yes, his pad level sucks, but other than that, Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, 6'6", six,
0: six defensive tackle. <laughs> no, you no I'm literally saying, like, the them. dude's
1: 6'6", six, 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 300 pounds. I got to give him some – I got to give him a little bit of a – a little slack, it, but just because you had him going to Pittsburgh, I couldn't. I couldn't say too many good things about him. But no, I I love that. I love the pick.
0: And to your point, uh, Cam Hayward will be 34 years old at the start of the of the 2023 NFL season. Like he will be 34, and in his contract, uh, his base salary skyrockets, but his dead cap's only at 12.8 million. So mm. there is kind of this w- weird. Out right after the season with Hayward, so that's kind of I know he's good enough to keep around, but that definitely what I was targeting there is there is this little window for for Hayward at, at this point. Let's I'll, I'll just run through some of these. Like uh, I think the one player left on the board that I'm looking at, and that just depends on how Jordan Addison tests. It depends on uh, same thing with Noah Sewell, uh, some of these top prospects, but the one that I have. That I think could crack again that top five to ten range uh, is Keely Ringo, the cornerback of Georgia. Uh, I said, uh, did I mention this class was stacked? He was the <laughs> consensus number one cornerback out of all the recruiting services and a top ten player in his recruiting class. Uh, he was rehabbing an injury in 2020, but a uh, in 2021 he started the final 12 games for uh, the for Georgia on winning a national championship. So he's got, he's got literally everything you look for in a top corner. He played on the national championship defense, number one corner recruit in the country. I mean, this Georgia defense is going to be Lord, like the, like the Oh one hurricanes, like type thing. Like that's, that's how special this is going to be in the future. like, we just need we need the we need 2019 LSU offense 2021 Georgia defense versus the tw- 2001 Miami Hurricanes and just go <laughs> go with that. Give it that to would me. Be, that would be so sick. But yeah, so that's that's what um that that's probably the the last guy that I would hit on before it kind of peters out into that second tier. But that's I mean we're talking about potentially, gosh, so many guys. Like tw- twelve guys that could be top five to ten picks, like in any other draft class. I mean, this is truly has a chance to be a special top of the draft. No
1: one, and, and you know, and it's 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 a way too early mock draft. So obviously, some guys are going to be higher than than they you know might actually be going. But you know, we have Keely Ringo at seventeen, but there's there's a legitimate op you know, chance that he is a a top 10 guy, like you just said. Like, he, he could go before Eli Ricks to, to New York because we know the Giants are probably going to be taking a corner regardless. And Keely Ringo, I mean, at 6'2", 205, he has everything you want in a cornerback. And like you were mentioning, I mean, he was a dog on the best defense in the nation. So I I am I truly believe that that as of right now, uh, he is my cornerback number one. I would like to see how this next season goes. But, like, it's... I have never seen so many guys that could, like, not even top 10 picks, top 5 picks. Like, if, if say the, say the first first overall pick's going to be a quarterback, if teams after that are teams with younger quarterbacks that they're, you know, like, a team like the Bears that has Justin Fields, a team like the Jags that has Trevor Lawrence that aren't looking for a quarterback, I mean, oh my gosh, Angelo. The the skill position players that we're going to see, the, the D linemen that we're going to
0: see, it's... It's truly going to be a draft for the ages, man. No, it will be. I mean, for an example, uh, the Buffalo Bills at 32. uh, Yes, I have them predicting early winning Super Bowl. I have Zach Harrison, a defensive end from Ohio State. Uh, Zach Harrison's an athletic freak that was the number one defensive end in his recruiting class. I have him (laughs) at 32. That's how insane this class is. The reason why he's blowers because he only has eight and a half sacks in his career and he's been around for a couple of years very very Trayvon Walker-esque yeah okay so like yeah. it's that's how loaded absolutely loaded this class is I mean it's I, I'm I'm let's just say I'm very glad to be working at NFL Draft Blitz <laughs> during this year because 2003 could be a legend wait for it dairy let's do it and before before we wrap anything up Angelo
1: I just wanted to say we can't we can't go past that 31st overall pick you have have the I love the optimism you have with the Packers picking 31st overall going to the Super Bowl and but even more so you know what I love about that you have them taking a receiver and actually doing Aaron Rodgers some due diligence in the first round so hey I, I love to see the optimism out of you Angelo it makes me happy
0: Oh, thanks, thanks a lot. <laughs> Where was Cleveland in here? Oh, that's oh, right. Wait, we they were back in the shadow realm. <laughs> oh man, no. But I, I they're, they're out of the rest of these. I mean, uh, first tight end off the board, Michael Mayer at 14. Jordan Addison, USC star receiver at 15, to the Minnesota Vikings. I, I just want that one for Ed. He's got. I'm. I'm going to. I, I'm. Go, I'm going to make him mad for the rest of the year. <laughs> US, USC star receiver Jordan Addison. Just so you know. Um, quarterback siding at Miami at 16, Phil Jerkovich from Boston college. Uh, he's kind of the Kenny Pickett candidate, uh, this year began his career at Notre Dame transferred to Boston college, been a little up and down. He'll be 24, you know, by the time he starts as a rookie. But, uh, I, I just ended up settling with him there in Miami, uh, Noah Sewell was a consensus five-star prospect, obviously, uh, Panay Sewell's brother. He he was fantastic for Oregon since he's been there, so he's someone to keep a, a, a very strong eye on, and uh, I would say I, I love Nolan Smith from Georgia. I, I think he was a really under-talked-about guy. He's yet another top recruit that was, that was out of Georgia, so I had them to Seattle with their second first-round pick. And uh, before we get to the last quarterback, I want to talk about. I do want to. I do want to hit on this one projection. See what you think about it. Dallas Cowboys. I have Zach Evans, the, a running back at Ole Miss. Okay, and I know that that's gotta that has to sh- send some shockwaves. He was originally committed to Georgia, but signed with TCU, which is an odd little switch there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is now transferring to mississippi where he's going to be the featured back because uh ely and and snoop cooper went to the nfl so that backfield's wide open for him uh he was a five-star recruit his athletic talent's undeniable and uh, ezekiel it's a potential cut candidate next offseason like contractually it's getting to the point where they can move on and uh, they seem to really like old miss you know drafting williams in the second round i just kind of feel like if they could finally get out of that Elliott like albatross or whatever you want to call it, uh, he's still a solid running back. It's just you know it's it he's not still he's not Derrick Henry level like let's say that. But uh, Evans could be the guy there. I mean, what do you think about the Cowboys and a running back?
1: You no, know, honestly, Angelo, I I like it, man. I like it, and I truly think that Zeke. It- it makes sense for Dallas to to cut him after next season. I really think it does um, because you have a guy like Tony Pollard who has an insanely insane. I think if I'm not mistaken, Tony Pollard actually has the best yards per carry in the National Football League. I know it's a lot easier for a backup running back to do that, but that was a backup that still eclipsed 700 yards. Um, dude's averaging about five and a half, maybe five point six yards a carry. Uh, it, and if you have money that you got to invest elsewhere and aren't trying to pay, you know, a guy like there's very few running backs that I, that I just truly feel like you need to pay them. You need to pay them. And that's, you know, a guy like Derrick Henry, a guy like Nick Chubb. I don't put Zeke in that category. I mean, if this is 2016, yeah, I do, but I do think that Zeke is definitely going to be starting to reach that tail end of his career um, for the cap situation and everything. I, I like it, Angelo. I think he. I. Yeah. Yes, there is a legitimate possibility that they do keep him, just because you know he's. He, we know the Cowboys, but at the same time, it just for the for the team itself. It does make sense to cut Zeke this next season, and you know a guy like Zach Evans that's that's going to be able to get his you know to be that s- sole starting back and prove himself. If, if he has the season that you're expecting him to, I honestly think a running back is the smart way to go. It, it's, yeah. it's been too many times that Zeke has been a reason that the Cowboys have lost the football game. Uh, I, I don't watch a lot of Cowboys games, but a lot of times I'm watching it. Zeke Zeke has been a very strong contributor contributor to the downfall of the football game. So I definitely think that's the direction to go.
0: I uh, you, you, you could just say Angelo every every pick just Angelo you're right Angelo it's amazing <laughs> Angelo you're just like you are the so no you're the best of, draft of NFL drafting I I understand Brendan you're 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 very kind but correct um <laughs> but but no actually uh I, I the only thing I'll push back is that Zeke it's more or less I think it's less that he costs some games than it's just his impact isn't great like I I I kind of like watching Zeke sometimes. Like he's very very solid, but it's just kind of that difference between It's kind of like early 90s Emmitt Smith and late 90s Emmitt Smith. <laughs> where early 90s Emmitt Smith, he was an all-pro, and then late 90s Emmitt Smith, he was a pro bowler. You know, that's kind of the right. the difference there, and when you have a money tied up like in, in that position, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Tony Pollard was 5th in yards per carry last year. Okay. 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 We got The highest player with 300 or more carries was Jonathan Taylor at 5.5, okay? Okay. Tied with him with more than 200 carries... Was I can't believe I have to do this to you. Good thing I like the player Nick Chubb. Yeah, baby. Was yeah. five point five. Go just bursting at the super. Y'all gotta go check out Brendan's TikTok of him and Nick Chubb. It is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like you gotta go go find Brendan Bolan on TikTok and check out his Nick Chubb uh, video. Tony Pollard was the second highest running back at five and a half yards per carry on 130 jalen hurts lamar jackson josh allen all had higher yards per carry than tony pollard and number one is mr Year himself rashad penny with an <laughs> astounding 6.3 yards per wow. carry wow not what i was expecting to hear angelo not what i was expecting to hear Mr. Contract Year at the end of the season, 119 attempts for 749 yards. Jeez, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good uh, bite of the apple on right? that one. People, He's like, oh, I'm getting my bread, baby. I'm getting my bread. Yeah, people. People do not. Uh, I, I've noticed that sometimes I'll be talking about Rashad Penny, and I don't know if people just tuned out of the Seahawks at the end of the year. I don't blame <laughs> them. But listen to this dude. Week one on eight yards inactive inactive did not play did not play did not play nine yards seven yards did not play nineteen yards inactive thirty five yards. Here's how this dude ended from week fourteen to eighteen one thirty seven thirty nine one thirty five one seventy one ninety. That's how he ended. The year.
1: Oh my god.
0: He just it was just like yeah, I, I will I will I will suck for three and a half years <laughs> And then in the final four of the last final games of the year, you know, I guess I'll be a baller. <laughs> and then golly, Rashad Penny, keep getting them checks, as they would say. And um, the last one I will hit on, and you can you can tweet me at Angelo Media Lex if you got any qualms like why Spencer Baby Rattler isn't in here, like there's good reason for it. I but, agree. Uh, even though Kentucky just laps Florida number 1 overall picks and <laughs> just genuinely produces a higher amount of good players to bad and all this stuff i would be remiss if i didn't include my <laughs> one florida player <laughs> in this who's another quarterback not as you know not will levis no, uh, you know not, no, not, not the levis, same but a guy that I, I the physical tools i just can't help but be intrigued by is uh, anthony richardson and I have him going to Detroit at 29. So, by the way, could you imagine the athleticism of Anthony Richardson, Bajan Robinson, oh and Jameson Williams God. as your trio? Oh my Maybe God. it would give uh, Jamarcus Russell, Dan McFadden, and Darius Hayward Bay a run for their money. I, I like that. Let's Dude, go. I love it. Um, I said he's the wild card of this draft. Um, he could skyrocket to QB1 or change positions. Like, that's how legitimately volatile I think that Anthony Richardson's is stock is going to be. Uh, he will be the starting quarterback next year. Uh, Emory Jones is gone. Uh, he's I he's just I, – I hate to say it because he was such a special player, but Florida connection, I'm just going to run with it. Like, Cam Newton, like, he's just so – like, he's 6'4", 237, super big. His throwing needs work. But there was this game against South Florida last year where he went 4-for-4 four four. – Uh, For like a hundred and sixty, or like a hundred some yards, and like two touchdowns, and then he had like uh, I'll have to look up the game specifically, but he had like three rushes for a (laughs) hundred and like fourteen yards and three touchdowns. It was just like it was like a perfect game. Yeah, like he just came in, dominated every single uh, like (laughs) attempt he had, and left. And I was like, all right, well that's that's pretty amazing. And everybody in Florida, like we here in Lexington, we'll talk to, we'll, we'll call. up you know beat guys down in Gainesville to like preview the game. They all loved Richardson. Like they all thought he should be in there. He's tantalizing. Uh, I think that he's he's the most interesting uh prospect just in terms of like what what's going to happen, you know, it's kind of, you, you never, you never know. It's like when, it's like when your kid starts to be able to walk you're like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but it's amazing. Like, let's go. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's where Anthony Richards is Of course he's not Will Levis and nor will he ever be or go, you know, like nothing like that'll happen, but but you know, I thought I'd throw I thought I'd throw a old Gator Nation uh, a bone since you know Kentucky did defeat Florida this year. So.
1: <laughs> no, Angela, I, I think Wild Card's a, a fantastic way to label that. Um, I like truly like could be like early first round pick guy or even like a late second, depending on how this next next season goes. And I think the fact that you mentioned that he could even potentially be a position change just exemplifies the athlete he is and like dude I mean the versatility you would have on the offensive side of the ball with him and B. John Robinson in the backfield I mean not saying that he's like a, a runner of Lamar's level you know but you can like you can truly develop a, a, a heavier like running game for your quarterback with him under center uh, I, I definitely think that there is like still a rawness aspect to him with his ability to just sit, you know simply sit back and read a defense and throwing motions maybe not the prettiest thing in the world but overall I I think he's a very exciting and enticing football player and I think that however this next season's going to pan out is going to really really determine his value in the draft because he could be you know like you mentioned one of the first players selected or I I could see him even falling like late 2nd I I am really banking on him I I won't give Florida too much credit, but I, I very much am excited to see what he can do. Yeah, hey, you
0: watch your tongue, son. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like I said, love 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 quarterbacks of that of that ilk. Anything with that dual athleticism. But that's that's pretty much like the the highs and highs and lows of this twenty twenty three uh way too early. Mock draft man, like we, we got through it. If you're if you've been waiting to kind of get your teeth sunk into the 2023 draft, like this is this is how we view it early on and I I got to say like I'm really impressed with this. Don't forget NFLdraftblitz.com. You can read my write-ups and see all 32 players that I have in the first round. Uh Brendan, I had a I ended up amassing a board of about 101 players to try to make this mock draft. Just just kind of just intel pooling a lot of players so we're gonna have a lot of guys to watch early on I mean at least like three rounds deep and I'm just telling you this this draft might might be the one we we I don't want to get too hyperbolic I don't want to get too into the weeds but just seeing the early returns on this I'm pretty blown away yeah I,
1: I could not imagine how difficult of a time you had narrowing down those top 100 because I mean you know there's guys that are in the top 100 that absolutely have first round talent, you know, so we appreciate you taking the time to do that. And, you know, I know to, to it's, it's, it's hard when you
0: have like so many Kentucky players, like, Oh on yeah. That too. You just like, got to, you, you know, have 32 uh, Kentucky
1: players. That's, that's 30. It, right it was
0: 101 and 99 <laughs> of them were on the, on the wildcats. It was hard to sit through them all. I mean, so many great choices. Oh
1: man. I love it. Well, Angelo, I truly appreciate you making your way too early mock draft, and honestly, I I think you crushed it, and I th- I think our fans will agree. And yeah, like Angelo said, you guys go give that a check, go go look at it, and you know read what he has to say about these players. Get yourself get ready for the draft for next year, because you guys, it's only 11 months away. We're it's right around the corner, baby. So get ready for it. It's coming sooner. It's it's coming sooner than we expect, but. Angelo, I truly appreciate you like every other time, and if you want, you want to share your your Twitter Twitter handle so our, our lovely fans can go out and reach out to you.
0: Well, of course, my man. Thank you. It's at Angelo, Angelo Media Lex. Just Angelo A N G E L O Media L E X, all one word. Alrighty, and then
1: mine's gonna be at Boland Brendan, and that's that's Brendan with an A. Uh, bowling with go. an a as well so but and then if you wanted to follow our uh twitter our our collective twitter is nfl draft blitz just on twitter so you guys we truly appreciate you this this was a fun show angelo i always love when we get into our draft stuff especially the way too early I, i'll put a quote-unquote on the way too early because baby it's never too early
0: it's never, never. too early brendan brendan's working on his 2024 mock and ed's doing the 2025 <laughs> one so we're we're we're, we'll be pumping out that content soon enough. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we we always appreciate everybody tuning in. <laughs> no, we're in. not. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> you could have called out the lie. I mean, you're, you, you don't want the audience to believe Did that we're like, doing wait, something wait, like really? that. Wait, really? We're going to get this Even, much unless twenty twenty four I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we got we're going to have an all draft of just high school students coming out No.
0: But. I've got hey I've got I've got at least my early big board for sixth grade okay like you, <laughs> that's, if you really want to be about this life this is how you do it I love it I love it well
1: hey we we always appreciate you fans tuning into Blitzcast we wouldn't be able to do it without you and you guys are the people we do it for and you know I I'm excited to be back and uh, Angelo and I actually are gonna start doing uh, more than one show a week you guys so we're gonna have Blitzcast content coming out. Twice a week. Twice a week, you guys. So, no having to wait around for, you know, the Wednesday or Thursdays they come out. We're going to have a show coming out on Mondays, uh, I'd say about Mondays and Tuesdays, and then another show anywhere from that Thursday to Friday range. So, we we, we got your draft content settled, you guys. Don't worry about it. We got you on lock.
0: That's right. I'm, I, I'm kind of taking over the BlitzCast area, and I, I just... When it comes to content, I want to have a show every Monday for you. And then, like I said, yeah, that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday range. Uh, just so just so you can always have a little bit of me, but specifically a lot of bit of Brendan Boland in your life. <laughs> I appreciate it, my man, and I always appreciate you. All right, well, we'll see. I'll see you uh, later this week, Brendan, for uh, putting out some more of our draft content, like we said. And just uh, overall, I, I'm – just really enjoy being able to talk about 2023 finally. And, you know, some players will fail. Some players will, you know, sneak up. But, man, does this draft look sh- – I mean, there's nowhere else – like since we've identified it, Brendan, there's nowhere else that you want to be than with NFL Draft Blitz from now until the first pick of the 2023 NFL Draft because we we, we already have this scoped out and it's, it's going to be special.
1: Oh, absolutely. We, we, we're the one-stop shop, baby. We, we got it all for you, and uh, it the content's only going to get better. It's only going to get more in-depth, you guys. We're going to be cranking stuff out constantly because, frankly, we love the game of football, you know? We, we love it more than anything else, and we, we love sharing sharing our opinions with you guys. And um, it's we've, we've built a dang good squad around here, so we expect great things coming for this next draft class, and, you know, as always, Angelo, I appreciate the heck out of you. I always appreciate the fans. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of BlitzCast.